How did you go with watching maps yesterday? I mean, like, are you still surviving this? Oh, my God. I haven't watched maps for, like, I think it was, like, three, four years. Yeah, four years I haven't watched maps. And I promised you that I was going to catch up, and I did catch up finally. And, oh, my God, I've been, like, crying. I've been cringing. I've been screaming. Like, it's, it's too much going on. <laughs> It's actually too much. And for our listeners, sorry to drop this bomb on you, but Married at First Sight Australia is legitimately the best drama slash reality TV show airing on TV right now. I wouldn't put it that way, but okay. (laughs) It literally is. You feel like you're like in these couples' lives. It makes you actually like feel the emotions that they're feeling because It's the first reality TV show that I've watched that I'm like, actually, these people are real people that are feeling these emotions. I mean, the amount of gaslighting, lying, cheating, disrespectfulness, where do we start? No, I think it was a lot for me to take in. It's just like the amount of shit some of these brides and grooms were like tolerating I couldn't watch it like it was very very difficult for me to watch and I feel like the creators or the producers they're like doing it for the entertainment of Australia but I feel like these people actually need they're going to need extensive therapy after this because it's too much. I couldn't handle it. I don't cry when I watch reality TV shows, but I was actually crying. Like I could feel the pain of some of these contestants. It was too much. It was way too much, actually. So who would you think, in your opinion, is the worst partner? I can't choose. I think they're all fucking shit. Excuse my language, but... You're not automatically going with Harrison. Harrison is the worst. Oh, no, no, no. Harrison is just a dumb, he's like the dumbest narcissist I've ever seen. Harrison is just stupid. I mean, he literally like went on this show knowing that he's going to commit to someone. Like even even if it's not a real marriage, like he knew that he was going into this committed to someone. Meanwhile, he had a girlfriend on the outside. Oh, sorry, guys. We should say spoiler alert if you're not up to date with Max, by the way. But anyway, coming back to Harrison, he's completely ignored, like, his partner's feelings in this, like, in the experiment. And he's just like, oh, well, you know, I was just seeing girls. Like, before this, I was single, so who cares? But meanwhile, the girl that he had on the outside, he's saying to them, like, I'm going to see you after this. Like, if it's not going to work out. And he still managed to be with Bronte, who's his partner in the experiment. Like, she's just accepted his bullshit. Okay. This is what I think of Harrison. He's a completely shit person. He's a narcissist. Like, I don't call people narcissists off the bat like that, but he's definitely a narcissist. The way he insults Bronte, the way he gaslights her, the way he stays really calm while doing it. But the thing is, he's shown Bronte so many times what a horrible human being he is. And she's come back around saying, I'm going to stick by my man. I'm not an insecure girl. My partner's very handsome and good looking. You know, girls are going to hit on him, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's stuck by him. Although the whole, all the other contestants can see what a horrible person he is. All of Australia can see what a horrible person he is. Her friend at the wedding told her that this guy was an idiot, but she decided to stay. So therefore, I don't even think Harrison is bad anymore. I think that Bronte's the idiot. The bar is literally in hell. What more does she need to see for her to walk away? Because personally, I would have walked away at the wedding when my friend came up to me and said, this guy has a girlfriend on the outside that he's going to go back to that was helping him pack his bags to come on the experiment. I would have walked away then. Why do these people keep staying? And then the honeymoon, the moment at the honeymoon that really hurt me was they were like sexually intimate and then he said to her right after I'm not sexually attracted to you imagine being like intimate with someone and then telling them that you're not sexually attracted to them and she's crying like bawling her eyes out and he's like why is she crying I didn't attack her you know I just like I'm I'm speaking so calmly and I'm like the fact that she stayed and stayed like I could name like a hundred other things that he's done got on a girl's number 
like while he you know when they've moved in together like and the fact that she stayed Harrison's not the problem right now Bronte's the problem yeah yeah especially since she was initially really upset by his actions and she was initially like taken back at the wedding day with her friend giving her that news that the person you're about to marry actually has a girlfriend she called him out on it they discussed it she was really angry you know like they they, they didn't stay together for a while you know despite the little honeymoon thing that happened she seemed to be really angry and then suddenly a switch just flicked in her head and all of a sudden it was like actually I'm gonna stick by my man Something I I noticed about this season is that people care about whether they're doing good. They're comparing their relationships to other relationships. For her and Bronte, what I realized is it's more important for them to appear like they're doing well than to be the one that has all the drama in the group. That's a very good observation, actually, because I can't figure out any other reason why Bronte would want to stay with Harrison. Oh, I've seen it. When everyone else is having drama, the way Bronte and Harrison are just enjoying it, they're absolutely like, oh, look at us. They won't even last a day on the outside. They'll probably go their separate ways at the airport. It's basically like a fake relationship. Yeah, I think it's a fake relationship. What do you think about Josh and Melissa? I mean, that was hectic. (laughs) That's the moment I cried. That's the moment I, like cried like a baby is when Josh was crying and he's saying like oh I got out of divorce like a divorce like I didn't have like a sense of identity anymore I don't know who I am you know like you lose a sense of identity and you have like all these insecurities after leaving a relationship of worthiness and thinking you know am I enough and the fact that Melissa just belittled him and his manhood and basically said you're not a man you're not enough it just solidified all the fears this man had. And to see a grown man in his 40s bore his eyes out like a baby, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't, yeah. He just kept saying to her, like, you don't see me. Like, you don't see me. You don't actually want to be with me. Like, you just, you just care about the sexual intimacy part of our relationship. Because you never ask me once, like, what I do for work or what my needs are, what, what what my wants are. He's actually dealing with a very selfish partner. I think it's something that most of us have, have come across <laughs> in our lives. When you feel like you're being selfless and you feel like you're putting like 100%, 110% of your energy into a relationship, but the other person is not doing the same. Forget about not even doing the same. Like they're literally like using you. That's what she's doing. Like she's using him and he feels used. This is my analysis on Melissa. I feel like she's spent so much time on Tinder and at the clubs and whatever, and every relationship she has has had has been based on the sexual interaction. It's been like a sexual relationship, so she hasn't had a proper relationship. And she equates um, love and being worthy with when her partner shows her that sexual affection. So she doesn't even know how to have a proper relationship. The only relationship she knows is, you know, like a one-night stand. I think she's damaged. I think she needs a lot of therapy because she's constantly wanting like this physical contact from her partner 24-7 because if she doesn't get it, she feels like, well, he doesn't like me. I think she has a lot of damage. I also think the experts or the producers have a lot of a lot to play in this relationship. This lady literally asked for Thor. She asked for a man. She asked for like all these things. And they gave her, I'm not saying Josh isn't a man, but I'm saying like they gave her this like very soft, nurturing guy that's very conservative. You're pairing this conservative religious guy with this 40-year-old lady that is making her whole personality trait on I'm open about sex. Oh my God, look at me. I love sex. Are you serious? The thing is, though, like they're both the same age, like in in the same age group. They are in the same age group. Yeah. But the thing is, like, yeah, you're right. Like their personality and their personality types are just completely opposite. She's like very extroverted, very, you know, sexual and all of that. And he's reserved and like geeky and all of that. But like the problem with Melissa and literally why the media is having a ball 
out there, like like talking about Max and like criticizing their relationship and how she handled the whole situation is because she knew she was going into this experiment. She knew that she wasn't going to be with her type on paper. So it's like at least entertain the man, like at least try to get to know him. And at the very, very, very least, do not disrespect him and say that he's not a man or not man enough for you in front of everyone else in the experiment on national TV. Like there's a respectful way of dealing with things and a disrespectful way of dealing with things. Yeah, I think she was very disrespectful. I think she only came for one thing. What about what Jesse was saying on last night's episode, though? How he was talking about, you know, the fact that Claire, like, cheated on him, who was, like, you know, supposed to be his partner, and the betrayal, they literally gaslighted him. Yeah, oh, Adam's a dickhead. I'm sorry. Like, you asked me who I hate the most. I don't even think I hate Harrison. Harrison makes me laugh. I think I hate Adam the most. Adam and that annoying weasel-looking one named Shannon, that tiny weasel. But the I absolutely in love with his ex. The guy that's still supposedly in love with his ex, but then comes on the show. What the hell? I hate Adam. I hate Adam because they had an opportunity to, well, clearing him had an opportunity to own up to what happened, and they they just didn't. It's like the gaslighting and the making Jesse look crazy for me. It's not even the cheating. It's the gaslighting for me. This guy looked like a psycho. They made him look like a madman. And his intuition was right. Yeah. But man, did he feel vindicated when the truth came out. He did feel vindicated, but he was still really hurt. And it was the fact that Adam couldn't just say, hey, I cheated. I am so sorry to Janelle. Like, he couldn't even apologize to her. He had to make an excuse of why it happened. Why do people not take accountability anymore? People just can't take accountability. People just have excuses for their behavior. What happened to, hey, I'm really sorry. I don't have an excuse for what I did. It was really shit and I hurt you and I really apologize. Oh, but it's always like, I'm sorry, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I reacted like this because of something that you did in the past. Like we were in a good place, therefore I cheated on you. That this was basically is just like who I am. Story. This is just who I am. You know, I'm sorry, but this is just who I am. Like, no. Nah. I was nah. going through a tough time. This is oh, what, what I about <laughs> What about Shannon? Or I'm sorry, but be, you know, entertaining my ex. If you wowed me when you walked down the aisle and I was attracted to you, I'm not attracted to you. That, was that has to take the cake. <laughs> That one has to take the cake in terms of explaining your mistakes away to someone. (laughs) That one takes the cake. But I really like how Caitlin handled herself. I really like how she stood up for herself and walked away. She didn't make him feel small. Like, I'm sorry, he's, I know this is really awful to say, but he looks like a weasel. She's beautiful. He should not be telling her that she's ugly or unattractive. He was literally punching when she walked down the aisle. Like, she was, like, too good for him. And I feel like people like that just deflect their own insecurities onto other people. He was making her feel shit about herself because I feel like he feels shit about himself as a person. I just also feel like with this whole season, actually, of maths and all the different couples that are having issues, so many times I'll be, like, looking at my TV being like, if you just told the truth, if you were just real with yourself and were genuine with yourself, you could have avoided all of this drama, actually. If you could have just been truthful with your partner and just said, hey, this isn't working out for me. I don't feel like, you know, a, a romantic spark. I don't feel, you know, chemistry with you. Like we're going to have to end this or figure out a way to make this work. It would be a completely different story. But instead, everyone is like tippy-toeing around each other. And it kind of like, it mirrors real life as well in relationships. I don't think I would have handled half the stuff the people on this reality show are handling and accepting and taking. It reaches a point when it like actually breaks you. That's why like I give it up to Caitlin. Like the first time, like, okay, he called her, like he said that he wasn't really attracted to her, fine. 
But then when he said to her, like, I'm still in love with my ex, that's it. After that, the relationship was done. And then he called her ugly again. And then that's it. The relationship was done. But I've seen like other wives or other husbands actually like tolerate a lot of disrespectful behavior when they should have just walked away. They like Bronte should have been gone two weeks ago. Why is she here? Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> Why is she here? I actually don't know. I was literally thinking like when, because she, she started off being really upset with, you know, with Harrison and then all of a sudden like at the next decision day she was like, this is my man. People will hit on him. It's okay. It's fine. So there was a switch that was flipped in her head, which I'm trying to understand. I, I don't understand it actually right now. But doesn't this mirror real life? Actually, it does mirror real life because I feel like a lot of people don't have boundaries in real life. If you were just to stick to your boundaries or set out some rules, and I don't think that if she set out some rules from the beginning and wouldn't tolerate what Bront, like what Harrison was doing to her, I think either the I don't know. Well, the relationship was doomed from the start, but like she she should have just walked away. Yeah. Yep. It's like, how many red flags do you need to see before you finally call it quits? Yeah. And like actually realize, okay, this is my line and you've crossed the line. Like you've actually crossed the line and there's no going back from this. I've been in a similar situation. Like it's easier to judge from the outside, especially when it's a reality TV show that, you know, the whole world can see on TV. In real life, like people go through this all the time. Like I've I've gone through a similar thing where I've had my own boundaries crossed like in a relationship where I've had someone cheat on me and I reacted very obviously angrily and a little bit aggressively. And I was like, I don't want to see you. I don't want anything to do with you. We didn't talk for like two, three months. And then suddenly I found myself in a position where I was giving this person a chance again, just to hear them out. Like, okay, what do you have to say? What's this? And I ended back into a relationship with that person but when I was back in that relationship with that person I was not actually myself I literally did not have steam like to put it in Jesse's words from maths I had no energy to put into that relationship there was something uncomfortable like inside of me that I was just like oh I'm doing this but my heart is not really in it and then you know what happened after that you know Hannah anyway but like yeah. it just fizzled out. Like it got to a point where I was just like, okay, I don't think this is working out. See you later. No emotions involved that second time. There's no feeling left inside of you anymore. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't wait to get to that point. Yeah, I think I've experienced that so many times. I won't set proper boundaries because I really like someone or someone's a really close friend of mine. I won't set boundaries and I'll accept something that I wouldn't normally accept. And I'll end up resenting myself and then resenting them. And then I'll have this like dramatic exit or like completely cut the person off cold turkey or cut that friendship off or not talk to that family member because I'm so burnt out from their behavior just because I didn't set proper boundaries in the beginning. Yeah. And the funny thing is when that's happening in the moment, sometimes you don't fully realize it's a boundary being crossed. You're just mad. You're just fully emotional. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? But I'm not happy right now. I'm not happy Mm -hmm. with this situation. I used to think setting boundaries was selfish, but now I know that it's a form of self-care. Like it helps me create guidelines for myself of how I want to be treated. And it lets the people Mm. around me know like what is acceptable and like what is not acceptable. I feel Mm. like when I don't set boundaries, I feel depleted. I feel taken advantage of. I feel taken for granted. I feel like people are like intruding on me. It doesn't matter if it's at work. It doesn't matter if it's in my personal like life with a friend's relationship or family. When I have poor boundaries, it always leads to resentment. It always leads to me being super angry and then me being burnt out. When your boundaries have been crossed, you When my boundaries have been crossed, yeah. Yeah. The way that I think about boundaries is it's basically your, like your rules. What are your rules? What are you willing to accept and not accept? And I think we all have an idea of that, but when it's not conscious, like that idea is not conscious when we're in the relationship with that person, 
if that makes sense. So sometimes mm-hmm. like you'll have a boundary cross, but you're not actually even aware that that's why you're upset with that person because that, that boundary has been crossed. But like we all have intrinsic boundaries inside of us. I'm I, probably not explaining it properly. No, no, I completely understand what you're saying. I don't know our boundaries being crossed until I start feeling uncomfortable and start, I, I first start resenting myself because I feel taken advantage of or my time's been wasted or like, like I said, I feel burnt out. And then it's like a trigger. That's like the first warning sign that I have. And then I start feeling resentment for the other person. What are we actually talking about when we mean boundaries? Is it like a deal breaker, like a boundary is like equivalent to like your deal breakers in a relationship? Mm, I don't think they're deal breakers. I think it's just behaviors that are acceptable and like not acceptable. So they're not like deal breakers. Like if someone is, you, you, you need to communicate your boundaries. And I feel like that's what we do wrong. We don't communicate our boundaries because we feel really bad or we really like the person. And then it'll end up like in this explosion of us not talking to that person or cutting that person off or the friendship ending or the relationship ending. But when you set boundaries, you need to communicate with that person and say, hey, I don't like the way you're talking to me or I don't like the way you've touched me or I don't, you know, I'm sorry, I can't hang out with you every Friday. And the other person's supposed to be like, oh, okay, like and accept your boundary. But what we do is we'll go out of our way, we'll exert ourselves and our energy for someone else and then that's when our boundaries are crossed but there's different types of boundaries there's physical boundaries emotional boundaries boundaries on time sexual boundaries intellectual boundaries and like boundaries on money even what do you mean boundaries on money what like, would that look okay like? it will look like hey can you give me some money I completely understand the boundaries with money especially when it comes to like family as well I think we've all gone through this you'll have certain family members that are you know it might be like distant family members that will be like you know approaching you like oh you know I need this thing or I need that thing you know most of the time it's it's monetary I think all of us immigrants like have experienced that (laughs) but it's like where do you where do you set that boundary for yourself it's like okay I can help you this is my limit to not get Basically, what I'm trying to say is like I often end up getting guilt tripped where I'm like to the point that I'm giving more than I can give of mm-hmm. myself, if that makes and, sense. And it's also like really difficult with family, not just with the money boundary, but any other boundary, setting any other boundary with family is really difficult because it's almost like the entitlement. You're my sibling, you're my sister, like you're my brother, you're my cousin you're my niece you're my you know like you're my daughter you know so it's almost like the entitlement of like you have to do this thing for me and then you feel guilty like oh shit I have to do this but then you end up resenting that family member or distancing yourself or your relationship will get there'll be like you know damage to your relationship because you're doing something that you don't want to do for this person constantly and I've been in that situation oh my god so many times (laughs) I feel like everyone has been in this situation with their family. It's not even like money sometimes. It's also emotional support. Sometimes I find myself when my mom's asking me to to basically fix my sibling's problems or whichever sibling it is. Or, you know, can you talk to this person? Can you talk to that person? And I'm like, but there's nothing I can actually do about this. I'm aware of what they're going through. I'm aware of the situation. I've already talked to them but there's nothing more that I can do. But then I'll get that pressure from my mom, you know, like, and, and obviously like she has good intentions. She's worrying as a mother, like she wants her kids to be doing okay. But I'm like, if I intervene more in the way that you want me to intervene, it's going to ruin my relationship with my sibling. Yeah. 100%. So in that sense, I'm crossing my own boundary. And that's when I feel uncomfortable having those types of conversations with whoever that person was at that time, like, oh, you know, I think you should do this. And I think, like, that's that's not me. That's, that's not the type of relationship that I want to have with my siblings. So it's like I'm forcing myself to go outside of my comfort zone and crossing my own boundaries yeah. to appease my family. Yes, so. to appease your mom because she wants you to have that conversation, but then you feel burnt out you feel exhausted, then you'll end up like avoiding that phone call that's coming in from your mom because you know that what she's going to tell you to do. It all can be avoided if you just be like, hey, 
I'm sorry that, you know, my sibling is having such a hard time. I'm not in a place to take all this information in right now. Um, do you think you can have this conversation with them? Or do you think I can do it at another time? We need to like set boundaries. And we're so afraid of the other person getting hurt. We're so afraid of the other person being upset with us that we like sacrifice our own needs and our own wants and our own feelings for that person. And it's not worth it. Because at the end of the day, what happens is we just end up getting burnt out. We end up feeling resentment. That's it. And there's no solution that's ever reached. Like in the example that I gave, like with my family, I know in that circumstance, me talking to my sibling about this issue isn't going to fix anything. In fact, I know it's going to create a barrier, like in my relationship with that sibling, like it's going to make everything worse, but I will do it just to make the other family member happy, like, because that was their advice. And I'm like, okay, I can see you're stressing and I'm going to do this, blah, 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 blah. No, I think it's I think it's really important. I think it's sometimes we have to be selfish and I like give you that advice all the time and then you give me that advice all the time. We're always yelling at each other to like set boundaries. We can't take our own advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's go into like physical boundaries. So obviously physical boundaries includes like your need for personal space and have you been in a position where someone's overstepped your physical boundary? I mean, yes, because I'm I'm thinking by physical space, you mean like even when it comes to the amount of time someone is contacting you, for example, even though you told them not to contact you. Oh, is, yeah. that, is that part of like physical boundaries? I don't think that's part of physical boundaries. That's like more emotional boundaries. So physical boundaries is like someone touching you inappropriately, hugging you or kissing you or touching you inappropriately. That's physical boundary because like oh you know maybe the amount of times like the woman at your work touched your hair that's like a that's a physical boundary that's crossed yeah oh my god literally like they would like literally grab their hands put it in my hair and be like oh my god your hair is so curly oh my god (laughs) it took me like half an hour to like prep my hair up to look like this like don't fuck with it I think I have I've probably experienced a lot of breaks in physical boundaries but I think it comes naturally as being a woman not naturally but unfortunately Mm -hmm. as being a woman to be honest there's been lots of instances where guys would be way too close to me or rub me up the wrong way or by that I mean like you know like you know (laughs) should have laughed that's not funny yeah but like there's been lots of instances of that but what's more notable to me is the emotional boundaries that I've experienced actually like those are the things that I actually reflect on more yeah yeah and what are like some emotional boundaries that have been crossed for you because emotional boundaries are all about like respecting and honoring someone's feelings I think the first example that comes to my mind is you know, a situation where I told someone, like, I don't want to see you anymore. This isn't working out. You know, it wasn't that deep. We were talking for like a month or two months. And even after I've said, I don't want to talk to you, they would keep talking to me in a romantic manner. Even after mm. I've given every signal, like, I'm not even responding to this type of message. I'm not, I'm drawing a line here. Like, we're just friends. It's nothing beyond that. But then they will keep trying to be flirtatious trying to kind of push their own agenda that kind of thing where it's like well I've kind of set the boundary with you you've crossed that boundary completely because that just like it's what you're doing now is like showing me that you've completely not heard me or you've heard me and you're not taking what I want into account basically so Mm -hmm. that's one example Yeah, did you repeat yourself? Did you keep setting the boundaries? What did you do? How did you get out of that situation? Did you block them? Did you completely stop talking? Like, how did you? Because there reaches a point where you can't keep repeating yourself to someone because you're just saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I ended up eventually just ghosting that person, to be honest. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah blocking from whatsapp and the phone and instagram and all of the different types of blocking 
I'm not talking about like, you know, when you end a situation with someone and it's like, you know, the few weeks after that conversation where it's a bit awkward and you're trying to both adjust to, you know, feelings and stuff like that. Like this was a completely separate situation. Like I said, I don't want to have this type of relationship with you. We are just friends. Please stop sending me flirtatious messages. And then that happens. Yeah, yeah. And then to contact my friends? Yeah, that was a lot. But I mean, I mean, that was a very obvious boundary break. I've been in situations where my boundaries have been broken or I've broken my own boundaries that I didn't actually realize it in the moment until afterwards. And I'm like, oh, that's why I was feeling so uncomfortable. Because mm, you weren't setting the boundaries then. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not like fully aware of it. Like, like there are, this is why I was asking that question. Like, is it a deal breaker? Like, because I feel like even with, with boundaries, like there are levels to it, right? Like there are some boundaries that you're like, you know, if a person crosses it, you can kind of have a conversation, see why they've done that, you know, or why they've crossed that boundary. Or, you know, you can come to a place of understanding with that person. And then there are some boundaries where you just can't come back from it. But to be yeah. honest, if we have boundaries, they should just be boundaries. I think what happens with me is I sit back and I observe while you're crossing all these different types of boundaries or you're disrespecting or you're doing so many things. And I'll sit back and observe and take it and take it and maybe like take an apology or two and then it'll just reach a point of no return for me. It's not even like sometimes it's one really major thing that's done that I can't come back from that you've crossed, like a really big boundary that you've crossed. Or sometimes it's just multiple boundaries being crossed over and over again. Because I'm sure like that person you were talking about, I'm sure you could have had like a friendship with them if they didn't keep crossing the boundaries in that way. You could have stayed friends. 100%. 100% yeah. we would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. So, but I feel like they crossed your boundaries and they didn't listen to what you were saying. So, like, you had to completely go to these extreme measures of blocking them everywhere. Yeah. And that happens to me as well. I feel like I, I it's happened to me a lot, like, in friendships where I'll, like, overexert myself and I'm giving so much to the friendship. And then, and then I almost feel like that person is not really reciprocating or, like, they're disrespectful or they're just they've done something and I'll reach a point of like, and you've seen me and I really hate this for me, but I'll literally cut that person off. I'll have a mini funeral in my head and that's it. (laughs) Done. When you cut someone off, you literally like cut them off and that's it. Yeah. There's no going back. Like I will cut, I'll cut you off and whoever associates with you as well. Like I don't care. And like, I hate it because I'm such a, I feel like I'm such a compassionate and nice person, but I'll reach a point of resentment that I've had people come back and apologize and cry in my face. Friends or someone just literally cry in my face with an apology and I just couldn't. I couldn't. Like I, I could not allow myself to have a friendship with that person again because I'm just like, I can't. You've made me feel unsafe. You've crossed my boundaries. You've made me feel small you've disrespected me, I can't allow you back into my space anymore. I think there are levels to it though. What you basically said was if someone keeps crossing your boundaries over and over again, it could be the same boundary that they're crossing over and over again. You need to kind of like witness that and like witness the repetition of it and then like you get to a point where you're just like, okay, it's actually too much. That's another boundary that you're setting for yourself. When is it too much? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and then and then there's a situation where you're where somebody will breach your boundary in such a significant way that it only takes just that one time. It's so drastic that it's just like nah, I can't even look at you again. Situationships like with your friends. So the situation with your friends that you were explaining, like it's I've had similar situations like that. I felt like my friend was overstepping in a way where she was kind of like you know I don't want you to be with that person kind of thing and if you're with that person we're not going to be friends and all of that and I was like but that has nothing to do with me and your friendship and that person has done nothing wrong to you and just went around in circles for a whole while anyway but for me that was like a big boundary cross yeah you're supposed to be my friend and 
you know, we're supporting each other and all of that. So what's happening? But with that situation, like it was a boundary, but it wasn't like a huge boundary because we managed to come back from it. We talked it out, like we talked about, you know, where things came from and, you know, where where our different feelings came from and we hashed it out and we talked about it. And we actually, I communicated my boundary to that friend and I said, I will appreciate if you do not confuse my relationship with our friendship. It was a very open and honest conversation and it was something that we came back from and we're in a very good place now. So there are some boundaries that you just can't come back from as well. No, no, no. I, yeah, that girl I was telling you about earlier when we were talking about this topic, the boundary she crossed, I couldn't come back. I couldn't come back from it. She cried and apologized and everything. And I said, no, I can't. I can't have something like I reach a point where I feel uneasy having you in my life. If you cross certain boundaries, like I'll feel so uneasy just knowing that you're like just communicating with you, just you being around me, just I'm very like picky with who I have around me. And if you cross my boundary or disrespect me or make me feel a certain way, I will not feel comfortable having you in my life, in my space. I don't want you bringing my energy down. There's definitely levels to it. I've had times where it wasn't even one big thing. It was just multiple things, multiple things, multiple things, and they just all add up. And I just can't do it anymore. But then again, it's like I don't even blame the other person for like overstepping the boundary. I almost blame myself because I haven't set those boundaries. I didn't set the boundaries with them, especially with my friend, like with relationships and stuff. It's fine. I think I always vocalize what I'm feeling and, you know, what the other person isn't doing for me or doing for me or whatever. Like I vocalize and I definitely set boundaries and I'll give a person a chance. And if they're not changing or if they're overstepping me or whatever, they're not, you know, reaching my needs or whatever, or overstepping my boundaries, I'll walk away. But I feel like I'm a bit more compassionate when it comes to like friends and family. And I'm too afraid to speak up and just be like, hey, like, you know, I don't want you doing this. So I don't like, because I don't want to hurt them. And that's my fault. I feel like a lot of friendships could have been saved if I've just spoken up and said, hey, like, you know, you're crossing my boundary or this really makes me feel uncomfortable or I don't like this, what you're doing. But instead, like, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll keep quiet until I'll reach like a point of no return and I'll just delete your number, delete you off social media. I don't care if you come back crying, you know, I just don't give a shit. I just don't want you in my life. But that all could have been avoided if I was to set boundaries from the start and just be like, hey, this is something that you've done that's made me feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, I don't really like that. Please don't do it again. But instead, I don't say anything. And how are they to know that it's making me feel uncomfortable? Or how are they to know that it's, it's not something that I like? They don't know. No, no, no they, don't, they, they actually don't know. Because yeah. you can't actually be in a healthy relationship. And a relationship, like, encompasses, you know, your relationship with your family, your friends, you know, with this like significant other, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, whatever it is, like you actually can't be in a healthy relationship without knowing your own boundaries, understanding your own boundaries first, and also communicating them with that person. Yeah. Like, people can't read your mind. They, they literally can't read your mind. I feel like the guilt we feel is like self-imposed. It, it's based on fear. Um, we think that if we don't help someone, like, you know, they're not going to like us or they're going to be really upset with us or, you know, they're going to abandon us. And that's not the case. To be honest, if a person doesn't like you for not helping them, then they weren't really your friend. Or if a person doesn't like you because you've set boundaries, then they're not your person or they're not, you know. And I think a lot of people will accept the boundaries. We're just too afraid to set them. <laughs> yeah. And communicate them as boundaries. Because I feel like sometimes when I'm communicating my boundaries, I don't communicate them as boundaries. Like I'm more saying, you know, I would like to do this. I would like to see more of this. I don't really like it when you do that. That's not setting a boundary. Like there must be a way that we can communicate these boundaries more effectively. Yeah, 100%. But it also depends on the other person because I have come across people where I have set boundaries but they almost feel entitled there was someone that was that was crossing my there's something called um time boundary so 
you know, I'd have a day off and this person wanted, asked for a favor for like two weeks for me to do something for them on my day off. And you know how much I love my day off. What do I do? I sleep, I go to the gym and I sleep. <laughs> yeah. And catch up on all the reality TV shows that I've been talking about for the week. And catch up on my shows. Yeah. And it's like a really important time for me. Like I don't have the kids and it's really like important for me to unwind. Like I really need that day for myself. So I had someone that was asking me to, you know, do something. They've asked me for a favor. They're like, it's two weeks. I need you to do something for me. And I said, okay, sure. That's fine. The two weeks turned into like basically until like, you know, they didn't know. It was just, it was ongoing. They just said, oh, it's going to be ongoing. And there was one time that I was just like, hey, I can't. I was obviously like talking to my brother about it. I was talking to you about it, of how I could get out of this situation. Because this person I knew felt really entitled to my time. They felt really entitled to me doing something for, like doing these things for them. I didn't know how to get out of the situation. So I was like talking to you about it. I was talking to my brother about it. But what hit me was there was a time where I actually couldn't, make it there was one day that I one week that I couldn't make it for them and I explained to them hey look I can't make it I'm really sorry I actually have plans today and they got so angry at me so mad at me like how dare you like make plans when you know like I need you this day of the week Mm. so how are you meant to deal with someone like that moving forward my brother gave me advice it did work for me but I don't know if it's sufficient moving forward because this type of person was like, if I was to set boundaries with them, they'd get super angry with me. If I was to say, hey, I can't do this for you because it's my day off and I need to rest, they'd be so angry, you know, because it was like a family member. Like, they'd be so mad. Like, oh, how dare you? Like, you know, you have to do this for me, you know? You're doing mm-hmm. nothing. What do you mean day off? So the advice my brother gave me was, is just like, you know what? Just do a little white lie. Just tell them that, hey, look, from now on, I'm going to be busy on that day. I have other commitments. And that's how I got out of it. Yeah, it's, it's not even a lie, actually, because you do have other commitments. You have commitments with yourself. Yeah. Like, and, and that's yeah. the other thing, like a huge, like what, what did you call it? Like a, ta- a time boundary being crossed? It's yes, like when it was a, people it was think a like boundary. just because you have a few hours of your day, of your week that's free, they're going to impose everything on you. Bikana, you're free today. You're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. Like you're doing this first and then you have to. What other excuse do you have? How about yeah. I want to spend time with myself and yeah. just look after yeah. myself and do my own self-care and housekeeping and my own stuff. Even if yeah. I want to watch TV shows, like that's on me. Like I need like time of the week. Like to yeah, just of be- course. Yeah. yeah, I have such a crazy schedule, you know, wake up at six o'clock. If I don't have this specific day to myself, I'll end up being burnt out for the next week. So today to do my lashes, today to, a day to get a massage, to sleep, to go to the gym, to, you know, to whatever. It's a day for me because I know if I don't have this day, I will get burnt out. But this person feels almost entitled to my day and to my time. Mm. It's, yeah, it, it's very difficult. Yeah. But how do you go about communicating boundaries like that with family? Like. Families that, you know, they're not people that you can get rid of. How do you communicate boundaries with people that you care about and that you love? Yeah, what what happens to me is, like, I get really resentful. Like, I resent myself at the start and then I resent the other person. And then I get very argumentative and I get very angry and I say horrible things. And my brother was just like, you can't go about things like that anymore like you have to find like another solution so the only solution I found with family is to do like a little white lie hey I'm really sorry but I can't commit to that because I'm sorry I can't commit to that I have other commitments on that day I can't you know do that for you hey I'm really sorry I can't let you borrow 200 dollars because I'm actually really broke this week although you're not but if this person is constantly asking you for money and you know that they shouldn't be instead of saying hey no you know why aren't you working more? You asked me last week, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's just going to cause more, re- like my brother was like, that's just going to cause more resentment and anger towards you and the other person. So it was like, just do a little white lie. <laughs> yeah, avoid the drama. Yeah. yeah. I also feel like, like once you're able to actually like say to the family about, hey, 
I'm going to do this thing for you like now, but also just so you know, this is not something I'm willing to do all the time. If it's about money, then you'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm helping you out, but like what's going on? Actually, erase that because I actually don't know how to respond to a situation like that. No, 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 you're, you're actually right. That is the proper way to respond. That is probably the healthy way. The way my brother is telling me to respond is not probably the best way to set boundaries. I do it that way because I'm trying to avoid confrontation. Because I feel like with family members, they feel really entitled. They feel really entitled to your time, to your money, to your energy, to your emotions. They feel very entitled. And like, it goes both ways too. Sometimes I'll ask my brother for something like, what do you mean? Like, but I'm asking, like, why can't you just do it for me? You know, like we almost feel entitled for our family member to do certain things, but it is probably the better way is to be honest, to be like, Hey, I've been constantly letting you borrow money. This is the last time I'm going to do it. Maybe we can talk about ways where you can, you know, get more income. Are you having problems with your job? What's going on lately? I feel like, you know, you don't have a lot of money have that conversation with that person and just tell them, but I'm sorry, like this is the last time I'm lending you. I can't really afford to keep lending you money. It's also about letting like your family know about your own priorities. These are my boundaries for this reason. There's a reason that I have these boundaries. Like, like yeah. and, and explaining that to them, like and letting them know about what exactly is going in your head. Like I feel like that can go a long way as well. Whether they yeah. take it or, or listen to it or not is different. Just saying, like, I'm not going to pick up your calls three times mm-hmm. every day. I don't have that, that mental capacity. I'm at work. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm not going to do this. That to the other person that's hearing this might sound abrupt, but I feel like a better way of communicating that might be, oh, my God, and I'm giving myself my own therapy, <laughs> might be like, <laughs> hey, I haven't returned your call today. I haven't picked up your call because I've been busy at work or I've been doing this and, you know, these are my communication hours. Nine to five weekdays usually are not great for me with communication or that's a bit extreme, but like, you know, I'm more available on weekends, like, and trust me, I'm going to return your call. It's not that I've missed it. Like that's one example. Or with like the money situation is being like, oh, I'm happy to help you and stuff, but like, this is how much I can give you for now. I don't have any much more. And the thing with me is like when I, when I start to go down that, that road of thinking, I automatically start to feel guilty because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I technically can do more. But like, why? Especially when the request is like for something stupid, like I need to get my hair done next weekend. You know, yeah, and I don't- but, like, but, but you need to understand like boundaries aren't meant to like punish others. Like it's, it's just there for your own personal well-being and protection. And I really feel like if that person is like a, like a good family member or a good friend, they'll be understanding. Yesterday, you were like to me, hey, Hannah, we're still coming over. You called me in the morning. Hey, Hannah, we're still coming over. And I said, no, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed. And you're like, oh, okay, did you want to come to my house? I said, and I said, no, I just want to be alone today. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Let me know if you need anything. But I've had people in the past where I felt like, you know, I couldn't cancel on them for like brunch or going out. They'd, they'd make me feel super guilty. And I'd come home and I'd be so burnt out because I'd spent this time with this person that I just really couldn't afford to spend with them. And I'd come home and I have to pick up the kids and come home and I have this routine and I like all the stuff that I need to catch up on that I could have done in that few hours that I went to like, you know, brunch with them. I had that specific person that was constantly making me feel guilty or please, or I haven't seen you. No, 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 no. Like, but I feel like if you're a good person or a good friend, you'll be understanding of someone else's boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I think personally, like the moral of the story is, first of all, we need to be clear on what our own personal boundaries are and what our Mm -hmm. boundaries are like in our, you know, with our relationships with other people. We need to get that clear in our own heads because I feel like I'm stuck right now. Like how many conversations have I had with you where I'm like, this really weird thing happened and I'm so angry about it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm angry about it. I'm always like, don't do it. Don't give it. Yeah, and you would always always say, Hannah, you would always say, Nasra, this is not you. I know this is how you're going to feel if you do this. You would always say, you know my boundaries more than I know my own boundaries. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard to take advice. How many, like, there was just another time I was like, I'm never going to do this again, you know, and then I called you, I'm like, and you're like, what are you doing? And I told you what I was doing. You're like, I thought you said you're never going to do that. 
And I'm like, yeah, but they begged me. Yeah, I, I think it's really, yeah, it's it's really important to set your boundaries. I think we're so afraid of jeopardizing that relationship, whether it's a work relationship, a friendship, a relationship, like a romantic relationship or, you know, a family relationship. We're so scared that it's going to ruin that relationship. So we, we're not assertive. We, we accept shitty behavior. But I think it's really important to set boundaries. That person is not going to die if we say no. You almost feel like empowered. Like, I feel great when I get out of a shitty situation, when I've been telling someone, hey, I don't like this or I want this from you, or I need this from you, and they're not doing it, I almost feel empowered that they're out of my life. I'm like, oh, thank God I don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah, you're back to yourself. Yeah, yeah. No. The only other thing I would add to that is we need to learn how to communicate our boundaries. Yeah, yeah. With our friends, with our partners, whatever it is, like, you know, with my manager, I've been complaining to you about my new manager like the whole week. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Literally the whole week. Like, you know her name, you know the drama at my workplace. I need to learn how to like, okay, first of all, what are my boundaries with this new manager? Yeah. I don't even know. Uh, yeah. What was I telling you last night? Oh, my God. Like, it, like ex- I think it was last night. Yeah, it was, no, it was last night. I was literally said, you need to set your boundaries or she will think that she can keep getting away or she will keep doing this to you or she doesn't even know that it's affecting you. You need to set your boundaries of the things that you don't want her to do so she can stop doing it. Most of the time, these people are not bad people. They just don't know. And like I said, like half of the relationships or the friendships or whatever is because I didn't like communicate or vocalize what was acceptable or not acceptable. I just took it because I didn't want to hurt them, you know? So I think, yeah, definitely speak up, even if you think that you're going to hurt them. Either if they're a good person, they'll, like, understand. And if they're not a good person, then, you know, see you later, alligator. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like with my new manager, I need to sit her down and be like, Biatch, this is the way that I like things done, okay? (laughs) You're stepping into my turf. (laughs) You're never going to do that. The day you do that. Oh my god! <laughs> then I'll be big naz. Yeah. How many times do you call me? Like you know, this person asked me for this, and like, and, and I like talk you through what you're gonna say, and you're like, okay, done. And then you hang up, and then I'm like, okay, you call back. I'm like, did you say? You're like, nah, I just, I just gave it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I couldn't follow through with it. Sorry, I couldn't. Like, oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, this, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Hope you enjoyed this episode, guys much as we did self-care Sundays <laughs> didn't do an intro no more Sundays intro. with a Sundays with a Z check out our Instagram although there's not much happening on there share some love let us know what maths contestant you want us to bring on I think last time we had Cyril um mm. let us know who you want us to bring on who's please your favorite Harrison, please say Harrison no way I, I couldn't talk to him he's too fake he's not genuine he wouldn't be authentic I don't like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I don't like that. I couldn't do it. Anyway, see you later, guys. See you later, alligators. Bye.